0: This episode is brought to you in part by Regent College, Vancouver, Canada. Experience God's call to a life more abundant with our one- to two-week summer courses. Sign up today at rgnt.net slash summer. When church goes online... What's the difference between watching and worshiping? The difference may depend on which app you use. This is Device and Virtue. Hey, well, welcome back to Device and Virtue, where we argue the wrongs and rights of technology and faith... In everyday life, I'm Adam I'm Chris Adam, it's like day 5,000 of coronavirus How you doing? Oh man, yeah, time has just shifted And we're kind of just in this limbo space of quarantine Seriously,
1: so many Zoom meetings
0: How many? Oh my gosh, (laughs) I am so tired of staring at my computer All my friends' faces in the Brady Bunch format It's great, but it's also So many Brady Bunch
1: posts for like the first three days And everyone's over that
0: You know, yeah And so many text threads, which are great, I feel like. Both of those have made my life more palatable. I do feel like the memes that are coming out of quarantine are some of the best parts of the internet right now.
1: The mayor in Chicago closed the entire lakefront oh, after you a nice so day last that. week where a ton of people went out to bike or ride because the sun came out and Chicago was like, we've been stuck in our houses. Let's get out. And <laughs> there were a lot of people out there. I actually rode my bike a little bit, but there's been a meme of the, the mayor had a pretty stern press conference where she stood in front of the microphone and said, you can't do this. We can't spread the virus. And of course, we're all sympathetic to that, but it was rough. And so now there's memes of um, her crossing her arms with a glare in (laughs) front of, like they've copied and pasted her in front of every park in Chicago. They keep on putting her in like on the top of a building or in Surratt's painting, the the, the La uh, La Jeté, the Grand, (laughs) you know, in the Art Institute of Chicago. Has that painting with all the park, but she's guarding it so you can't go in. It's been horrible. I, I like this one. It was of Katniss.
0: Holding up the three fingers from the the, the movie. The the
1: bow and arrow girl.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The movie. uh, Yeah. And and she's holding up her three fingers and it just says when you're chosen as tribute for the grocery run during (laughs) quarantine.
1: (laughs) Oh, dude. I'm not going to lie and I know people are going to write in but I've been like looking for ways to go to the grocery store. (laughs) I'm just so, I'm so like, I'm that guy that feels really trapped. I think some people have been like, you know what, this is so great. You can hunker down. Guys, I have got so much done. I like need so much essential, I don't know, essential, bag of chips essential something (laughs) (laughs) and so like trader joe's here i go i mean i'm a big washer hands i'm a big like keep distance but i'm also like i just can't keep staring at my living room
0: i'm actually wearing yardsticks around my body so that i know at least the 3 feet in front of me the 3 feet behind me and people kind of keep their distance no it's true i have been Marie Kondoing my apartment like nobody's business oh gosh wow it's amazing wow, i've thrown wow. out so much stuff it's really
1: really satisfying is your underwear drawer now in little rolls oh yeah absolutely <laughs> Everything is so organized. Well, people are going to hate us for having an entire coronavirus episode, but we don't want to love on the coronavirus. Obviously, it's a serious thing. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a situation that is tailor-made for everything that you and I observe about how technology and culture affect faith. It really is. It feels a little bit
0: like, and I told you so, which maybe is a bad thing, but it's I like, you so. hey, everybody, technology and faith matter. <laughs> And like, we need to be talking about it. And it's kind of like, see, and people aren't. Uh, opposed to what we're talking about. People aren't resistant to technology and faith. They see the connections, too. But it's like, all of a sudden,
1: a lot of people are talking about these Seriously. things more than ever. So instead of uh, you and I coming up with a big theme today, I wrote down on this little whiteboard in front of me four things that I just noticed in the last week and a half about how like coronavirus is affecting technology, culture, and faith. And I've heard you have four things as well. Chris, you have a spiritual gift of whiteboards. <laughs> I love them. They're the best. I, um, I have three in my room, and and I carry whiteboard markers around with me. That's true. That is not a lie. Not a lie. Absolutely in the bag right now. So Adam, I feel like it's a did you notice situation where I'm going to be like, hey Adam, did you notice this this week? And I'll start with mine, and then you do yours, and then we'll just go back and forth and see what we noticed. Okay, perfect. I love
0: it. You you or me first? All right. So did you notice? Did you notice that it's kind of weird to participate in the live stream for your church? <laughs> like, you're yeah. you're on the live stream watching the church service happen, and you're like, do I participate now or not? Last week, like I... Like singing for the live yeah, stream? <laughs> like singing. So, our church has a lot of call and response. I actually, two friends came over for the church service and we all watched it together. That was back in the, that was back before the full court. And yeah. Yeah I, yeah, think yeah, so. yeah. I said, okay guys, we have to decide, are we going to stand and respond and participate when the gospel reading is read or when we say the confession, the apostle, the Nicene creed,
1: Oh right, right. You
0: know, or are we gonna sing with the music or are we just gonna watch it? And we all agreed. Did you have it
1: like on your laptop or on your T V Yeah, like it TV was, yeah or? I
0: I put it on the la- on the big screen. Okay, okay. And and we all agreed, okay, we're we're gonna like fully participate. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna stand when you stand, we're gonna get off the couch. Oh wow, well, okay. And like okay. so we did and it, it worked out pretty well. You and it the was two friends. Me and two friends, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, it right. was just the three of us. But did
1: you we, kneel too for the Uh, You're all all Anglican. You got to kneel for the confession. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I did not kneel. (laughs) Father, forgive me. But... I'm curious how other people did it. Did people did, just watch? Uh, what did you do?
1: Well, it's a, so I did the same thing. I have six housemates, and now I'm very close to them all the time right now. <laughs> which is for better and for worse. There's been some fun and some like, oh gosh, mm-hmm. uh, we're all a lot of us are you know working from home. We got some programmers, and we've got you know some teachers. Oh, yeah, and, interesting. But three of us are in the same church, so we did the same thing. We hooked the MacBook Pro up to the TV uh-huh. and sort of did our service together. And because I had two other friends. There, in the room with me, I think it that made it easier like yeah. we we did like stand up like when we when there was a stand up part, and we did sort of sit down or say things back together. Uh-huh. I feel like if I was alone watching which a lot of people were you know in yeah. your space i
0: was actually this previous
1: week right the story i was telling was two weeks ago well i know yeah yeah i mean let's this is a contrast to you let's remember last time we recorded where you said you sat in bed and that's true <laughs> i did for your, your house so i'm noticing a change <laughs> yeah but, but i think shifted, just having right. another person with you in that space
0: probably changed it for you right You know, I I actually did kind of sit and stand for most of uh, the service where I needed to by myself this past weekend.
1: But it it set the stage the previous week. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like there was this... There is a being seen element to being in worship. Maybe that sounds... yeah. Maybe, maybe that feels yeah. like uh, weird or like uh, almost a
0: social pressure to some degree. Not in
1: a negative way, right. but just like. But if there's I am anonymized yeah. to the point where there, I see, feel like there's no camera on me, I'm looking one mm-hmm. direction. Yeah. Then it 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 seems to change. Now I think we could imagine we are present to God in worship. Mm -hmm. And and so we can imagine almost the the green camera light from God is on. There's a lot of interesting (laughs) theological problems with that. But I mean, in Uh this sense, that could be seen as a positive, a loving father who's with us in worship. And as we be seen in that, that could even allow us to be alone and actually want to do the kneeling or the standing or the participation, right? Yeah. Okay, that one's really good. I got one. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Did you notice... That people from out of town are dropping into church that normally don't come. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, like, here's what yeah. I mean. Like, oh, we had a Zoom. Our church did Zoom a Zoom call. It's a smaller church. Like. 30 or more of us on that Zoom call like a church plant but we had two you know all the screens are popping up as everyone's popping Uh in to uh do some worship and then two people pop in one person from Brazil that used to be in our church yeah she came in to say hi she used to be in my small group and was like no way like and she's just dropping in she came in and she said hello from Brazil and we prayed but I've seen this multiple places where my parents live in D.C. but used to go to your church in Chicago Yeah, and your church in Chicago did uh, a live stream and I texted them like, Hey, do you know church is happening? They're doing a live stream. They're like, yeah, we're already in DC watching it. (laughs) They chose to actually jump into the Chicago live stream instead of their local DC live stream because they missed their church Yeah, here, and, and they, they, haven't, miss- they
0: haven't been there that long. They've been, yeah, there they've six only months, been gone maybe. like,
1: yeah. So, it's, you know, we talk about this, right? Online stuff reconfigures space and time. This is right. old Marshall McLuhan. Yeah. That, that distance is sort of reconfigured. And Marshall McLuhan had that phrase, global village, mm-hmm. to talk about the closeness and the farness at the same time. That was global village and it really does. It allows someone from Colorado or from Florida or from Brazil to sort of drop into church. And I'm not going to lie. I've dropped into one or two old <laughs> yeah, you were, churches. You were, you were <laughs> yeah, talking about how you were church hopping last <laughs> yeah, week. Was. I did a little <laughs> bit of that today too. Well, to be fair, my church plants meeting on Saturday nights and yeah. like it's a unique time. And so on Sunday morning, I've gotten up and going like, well, I could sort of go visit some other stuff from the comfort of my easy chair. All right. So you are, this leads into the did
0: you notice next one?
1: Oh, wait, wait. I have a point, though. Okay.
0: All right. Go. (laughs) Make your point. Make your point. Well,
1: no. Here's the thing it reconfigures geography. Yeah. But it reconfigures it along what lines?
0: Relational lines.
1: Relational lines. Yeah. Dang straight. Ding, 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 ding. Relational lines. These are not random anonymous people that dropped into the stuff I saw. Right. It was people that had prior relationship to us and like had longing. Like my parents had friends at your church that they wanted to sort of see again. And I think this is not necessarily a bad thing. It's like an actual, it's a remarkable thing. The church really does go along relational lines. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's totally right on. I feel like I've connected with people from a distance a little bit more during this time yeah, yeah. than I would have otherwise when I'm sort of just uh constrained by geography. How <laughs> how 1980s is that? I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> just want to point that out that one is not maybe a higher priority than the others. I want pastors to think about that. There is a local parish But there are relationships that matter in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. All right. Did you notice? What's your
0: second one here? Did you notice the number in the upper left-hand corner of your screen (laughs) that says live 132 viewers? Oh, did I notice that? Yes, right. Especially when surfing churches. Yeah, yeah. You're the you're the one. You're the reason that number went up, and, up down. and down. Because I'm like I'm like sitting <laughs> committed to my church. Mm. That's the way I am. Mm-hmm. That's why we're different. Mm-hmm. Faithful, you. Yeah. Some are more faithful than others. Wow. Well, no, I'm kidding. Wow. Well. Yeah. That number. I watched that number go up and down all throughout the service, and. It's so interesting to me because when I'm in the service, I might notice people like walking in the aisle once in a while, but most people are just sitting there, and I kind of have a general sense of how many people are in the room. Sure. But it's not a an explicit number like one thirty two. Sure, and yeah. that one thirty two is actually probably representing a larger number because there might be twos, threes, families, you know, yeah, families l- watching on a live stream, uh, yeah. friend groups or whatever yeah. sure. watching, right. But you have a more explicit number and you have how many people are like checking in and checking out. And to me, it's most interesting where are the peaks and valleys in all that, too? Oh, yeah. Boring part of the sermon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Everyone <laughs> just went up and got a coffee. Yeah, it yeah, really does reconfigure our perception of what's happening in that space because we have a quantification of it. Yeah. It's not that anything's changed. There's always 132 people in the sanctuary, but now we can see a number. Yeah. Well, and I was trying to figure out, so
0: this past week, the number was a lot, lot lower than okay. the previous week, Interesting. like by a couple hundred. And I was trying to figure out why. I didn't know if it, is it like a glitch in the live stream data? I don't know. But you, you're suddenly factoring in all these other things to try and figure out what what the number even means. No,
1: no, that's a good one you know,
0: kind of explicit, implicit divide that the internet is trying to bring visibility to how many
1: people are you participating with right now. Right, right. Okay, uh, here's my second one, Adam. Did you notice article this morning, Washington Post, talking about we could be using our smartphones to track where the virus is going.
0: This is how the empire builds (laughs) itself
1: up. Oh (laughs) god! These extreme cases, and then we never go back. No, no, no. Have you heard of this? So there was actually an editorial also in the New York Times. No, no, uh, uh, on NPR like this weekend, saying the same thing. An epidemiologist was saying, Korea and also Israel have been using uh, smartphone location tracking. Okay, and something else called contact tracing to find out how the virus is actually moving person to person and then helping people quarantine based on where the virus is actually moving. Okay, The massive advantage to that is here in Chicago, you know, you and I, uh, the suburbs and the city are both, the whole state of Illinois, we're at a stay at home order. Right. Where like you can go out for essential things, but they want you to mostly stay at home. Right. And that's the entire population. It shut down all our businesses. <laughs> like uh, everything is, yeah, the government crazy. has shut down. Like uh, the whole economy is just stopped. And we can talk about that in a second. But everything has stopped. And the epidemiologist was saying that's a blunt force instrument. It is just us. We're doing it, shutting everything down. We're doing it because we don't know where the virus is, and some people can be asymptomatic. But if we knew, which we can track using a combination of tests and location tracking, we can know. Say, if we knew that you had the virus, and then you drove around, like Google already does this for me. If you ever have (laughs) the Google location tracking, you can see yesterday all the places I went. If we had that data, epidemiologists can sort of say, Okay, here, here, and here, this is the important stops and they can quarantine the people that are most affected and unquarantine the people that aren't affected uh-huh. and be smarter about it and save lives at the same time. I think we should be doing this. What do you think?
0: And do you know whether it can work retroactively once someone's been identified, whether it goes can go backwards and track where they've been in the past 14 days or whatever?
1: So, I understand two things about it. One is an anonymized data set, sort of like Google traffic, okay, that shows you like the flow of so people. So, it, it's going to be like a weather map for well, the virus. Sort of, yeah. And then the other one is a specific thing, and this is where it gets tricky, because this, you have to give permission to like your contacts' addresses mm-hmm. and location traction, where contact tracing in Korea, they actually are, like, contacting individuals from your phone. Okay. I think I was reading, and others can, people can correct us because there's news stories every day, but that, like, you from your phone, a message can be sent to all of the people that were... And it tells that, them, hey, okay, I'm, like, I've been, I was infected, you might be infected, too. Yeah. That kind if, of stuff. if we've interacted in the last X number of days, you should be aware that. But they're saying this is, like, instead of amputating a whole leg, this is, like, actually fixing the problem. It's more precise. So it's amputating the little toe instead of the whole Well, it's going in and fixing the, the fixing the nerves or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, extend this metaphor until it breaks. <laughs> so this is interesting because actually I have a paper notebook here and I actually just yesterday wrote down everywhere I'd been and who I'd interacted with in the last week just as a way oh for gosh. me wow. to start thinking about what have my patterns been? And yeah. if I got infected, right. who would I need to reach out to? Or where? what would my contact points have been that I might have been infected from? Right, right. So kind of thinking both ways. Yeah, so I mean, I'm doing it for myself, but I... You're doing contact I, tracing I, <laughs> uh, in I've, a moleskin. With I, <laughs> I feel okay like having that in my notebook, but do I want to share that with a bunch of people for the good of humanity? I...
1: Uh, I t- literally some I posted this on Facebook this morning and someone in my church immediately posted they don't have a scary reaction button <laughs> <laughs> they're like really didn't like it right the mm-hmm. privacy implications yeah. feel scary to people but then other people are definitely writing in comments right now as we talk saying no if we can use this technology to save lives and stem the tide of the virus yeah. why aren't we doing it yeah so
0: here's the fear I think that comes to my mind. That makes me think of uh, this company I worked for. And when the economy declined in 2008, they went into this contingency plan. Okay, And it had certain economic impacts. And they said, you know, because we've hit some of these benchmarks, we're going to go into our contingency, lower our costs, and do a couple of other things to manage overhead, blah, blah, blah. Okay, We never came out of contingency. It just continued on that way. Oh, I see. And, and the question for me is um. okay, we go into this contingency plan of You're, sharing yeah. our data and right. our location tracking right. and and suddenly people are like, see all the benefits of this? There's so many benefits to this. Yeah, let's yeah. just keep contingency the way it is all the time. Right. And let's track let's let's track the flu this way. Let's track blah 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 this way. Anything. Mm-hmm. Why not? I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But I'm saying we need to think down the road a couple steps before we, say, jump into this. Extreme cases Uh make for uh bad laws. And, you know, an ongoing thing, I think, could be uh, problematic.
1: I mean, you are a little bit convincing, And I will say that this is your typical situation where people are using safety or security to bring in technologies. You often make this point. Thank you. That's Um, such a great point. I'm making your point for you. Thank you. you.
0: I love love when you make my point for
1: me. (laughs) But uh, here's the point I always make back, which is what is the total loss or what is the actual harm besides discomfort? Uh, when we sacrifice some privacy. So I'll say that people will feel uncomfortable. They're like, can we trust the government with that data? Or what would happen? But then I want to ask, what would happen? Like, say they did start using that for the flu, for instance, and it maybe gave us more accuracy for the flu. What's the next worst case scenario? Are we picturing you know government agents pulling up in little like white uniforms and coming into my house and chloroforming me like i want to know what the actual harm is the the potential for the information doesn't always lead to harm
0: i i understand what you're saying i think at the same time the measurable benefit is is measurable and therefore visible but the harm is not as measurable or visible it comes in the form of stories of little g-men getting in their white suits and coming to my door and covering me in chloroform yeah yeah and and that's a story but it's it's not a measurable thing but it is an example of
1: a reality that's happening you're close to conspiracy theory here but, (laughs) but 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 i actually get your point you're saying well if stuff was happening negatively with this information it'd be very hard to know it maybe exactly okay and the government will cover it up now we're fully into conspiracy <laughs> theory. Okay. okay, I know you. No, have, I'm, I'm totally. Joking I know you about have another. That. Did you notice? But I want to make one more point, and this one's okay. controversial. Just a side point on this whole tracking thing. Mm-hmm. I have seen Christians and especially some pastors online regularly on Facebook and Twitter saying things. Especially in the last week, we've had a lot of debate, and I don't know when people will listen to this, but there's a lot of debate on like the shelter in place, flattening the curve, things that. I agree with, but I have also pushed back a little bit on, is this the best way to deal with this? Yeah, Because of some of the information we've gotten and the political camps that are out there and Christians are not immune to being in the different political camps, yeah, yeah, some yeah. people have seen that as a thoughtful thing to do. Some people have thought that as a horrible thing to do. And I've seen some pastors say, if you are trying to trade the economy... Against people's lives, you're not a Christian. For instance, people have said, hey, what's the what's the result of us shutting down all these businesses? And they're like, you really, you're going to kill old people? That's a very not pro-life thing to do, right, for instance. Right, And I have actually got caught in that because I was one of the people saying, hey, we, we should rethink this a little bit. And I immediately looked like, to some people, I looked like a doofus or someone that does not care about life. I huh. want to just... Put out there that the people that own a small business and they've just laid off everybody and they're not sure where they're going to make ends meet. Uh-huh. I think there are real life and compassion issues there and i don't i think it's an unfair one-to-one kill old people versus kill the economy the people that are thinking about the economy are not just thinking about rich people they might be thinking about poor people like i was but i think this this tracking the location tracking can level up and take it off that line Mm -hmm. and do a new way of thinking it's a technological solution about a theological question oh my god
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love the data visualization aspect that you're talking about. I I love this idea that we could have a weather map for how you're tracing through this virus or other viruses. So that, that part of me likes it. The economy versus people's lives. Yeah, that's a totally reductionistic stance. And to your point, the possibility for a more nuanced way of tracking this virus in order to both manage the economy, and save people's lives, I think, is something we should uh, pursue. Okay. Why, thank you. My number three, did you notice?
2: God is a genius storyteller, and the evidence of this is threaded throughout scripture. These stories will spark holy curiosity in your own faith, because once you see these connections, you can't unsee them. God wastes no person, place, or thing. Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Cat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform.
0: Okay, my number three, did you notice? Did you notice that all these live streams are not editing any of their pre-recorded content?
1: Mm, what do you mean?
0: So, so this is a specific example from my church. The pastor who was doing the sermon actually had to pre-record it. He didn't preach live is, is, okay, is the point okay. because apparently he had potentially been exposed to Covid.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, and so, so it was self-isolating.
0: Yeah, so he's self-isolating. So he actually recorded the sermon the night before. Okay, and so they just cut from the live stream to the pre-recorded sermon. Okay, but what I noticed was the sermon was unedited. It was uncut. It was it was a single uh, shot from beginning to end. Single take. We give movies Oscars for that. And, and there was <laughs> there, there was yeah there there was a point, kind of in the middle of the sermon where he kind of lost his train of thought for like five seconds. And you're sure. kind of just like pausing and watching this whole thing happen, yeah. which if you're in a live situation, that wouldn't be as noticeable or it might be noticeable, but sure. it, 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 you're like, well, we're live. But, but once I was watching it on, on screen, I'm like, "Oh, this is interesting." You had higher expectations. I had a little bit higher higher expectations. Like and the they,
1: format changed what you almost subtly what you expect to see. Yeah, like and it's they didn't. More and they didn't cut it.
0: I think the form is really interesting question, but it's also a question of what does it mean to preach, and should preaching be edited? And and what does it mean for the preacher to be authentic in that space, rather than than huh. going back and editing huh. through. They're preaching where they kind of get off track or they lose their train of thought or they didn't like that point. They didn't communicate it as well. Um, Sure. I, I, I honestly really appreciated that the sermon was a one take. Oscar-winning it wasn't performance. was
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, by the way, Oscar-winning performance is not you and me right now, so people should really think of us as live, <laughs> not even though we're recording. Because de- these are definitely shoot-from-the-hip episodes with yeah. this. But I was on staff with a campus church for reaching out to students for years at University uh-huh. of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, and I jumped into their live stream on Sunday because I just have my my friends, even yeah. a guy I helped mentor for a long time is one of the pastors down there, and they were moving to a live stream, and they were were super polished when i jumped into it there was like a, there was an animated screen playing they had music in the background and then they jumped to like one of my old good friends she was making announcements in front of a screen was behind her and had the oh. slides and she was i mean it was like perfect it was almost like willow creek quality oh. i say that because willow creek arts conference influenced us back in the day do everything with high production value yeah, yeah and then they jumped to a great sermon and it was just like smooth it was like the smoothest thing but it felt so produced and I found myself being envious of how well they were doing it, and then also wondering, did it feel as authentic yeah, and so it was confusing i think it it is a little confusing. It was interesting for me too, because
0: normally I would see this guy you know on the stage, and I would see his whole body, and you know he'd walk around the stage, and I'd be at a fair distance, but here I saw him from the waist up, and I could see his face and his facial expressions a little more clearly. I could see his eyes. And and rather than his whole body yeah, sort of communicating, that. it was really his face that was communicating. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I felt honestly, I felt a little more connected. It was felt a little more intimate than it does on a Sunday morning.
1: This is perfect because you know what my third. Did you notice? Is no. What is it? <laughs> How close your face is to the camera in a Zoom call? <laughs> oh my god! Did you notice? And specifically when we're talking about ourselves. Yes. On a call, did you notice when we see ourselves on the Zoom call, or the Skype call? I mean, it's not like we haven't been doing this, but we've been doing it so much now. I see the other faces on the call, but also I see myself. Yes, and I see what my eyes are doing. I see what my hair looks like. <laughs> I see how many people are trying to adjust their cameras so, like, they don't quite get yeah. their clothing wrapped yeah, yeah. in the back of the shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, uh. did you what? Did you notice that we've suddenly become? more self-conscious because it's like we have a mirror to all of our regular conversations. Yeah. I mean, when we look
0: at a photo of ourselves and a group of friends, who do we look at first? Yeah, you look at you. You look
1: at yourself first. Oh, I didn't like that photo. Everybody else looks great, but I look <laughs> terrible. I look terrible. But of course, that's an after-the-fact snapshot. And yeah. when we're in the moment with our family or our friends, we're usually less self-conscious. We're enjoying the other people. Yeah. And this sort of reconfigures a little bit of the social space. Oh man. Right? Yeah. With identity where you feel like everyone's seeing you, but you have a real time feedback. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. The yeah. only I have an analogy to this. My living room at my apartment. Actually has full Florida, like Florida ceiling length mirrors in it. It's a weird. I rented this apartment. It's, it was a great apartment. Weird. Like uh, you know, I had a lot of space. The place
0: feels so big.
1: No, it's, it totally does. But the previous owners had put in Florida right. ceiling length mirrors in the living room, which is definitely something I was like, we got to get rid of these. And they become I've, whiteboards <laughs> for you. You've written I, all over I, them. I do. I have written on them. <laughs> but I mean, it's weird. I've gotten more used to seeing myself daily you now. Uh-huh. Like sitting in the living room, just sitting around. Oh, I look up and I see myself sitting in the chair. Oh, there I am. Um, and this is the same thing, right? What do you think? That's doing to us. Oh man,
0: it reminds me of uh, an experience I had a couple years ago. I was in a really serious FaceTime conversation with a girlfriend, and Ooh. I was like, I was really focused, and I was sympathizing, and I was listening, and I caught my reflection in or the the video that's, on I the I love FaceTime. that you just said
1: caught my reflection. Yeah, but it was the camera. Yes, I I, yes. I yes. caught yes. the Perfect. camera
0: video picture whatever, and. I was like, whoa, you look angry My talking to myself. <laughs> and like my, my eyebrows yeah, yeah. were down and my, my head was scrunched up. And, and I was like, whoa, is that what I look like when I'm like focused and sympathizing? I don't look like I'm sympathizing. I look like I'm mad. Yeah, yeah. And it was like this moment of, whoa, is that what I look like when I'm like, talking to someone in a meaningful conversation because they, they think I'm angry at them Yeah, and, and you're, I'm not.
1: You were worried that they would receive the wrong message from your face.
0: Yeah. That was like a revelation to me and I still, I'm still terrible at it, but that's my natural face. See,
1: that is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is your natural face. Uh, that That's sort of cool because that's of actually, s- you're being, I feel like that's a virtuous reaction in some ways you are seeking, how to love the other person mm-hmm. when noticing that your your communication might not be mm-hmm. reflecting the compassion or the things that you're thinking. Yeah, and so in that sense, where I think our natural reaction would be like, "Oh, mirror all the time. This can't lead to anything good. It's probably self-centered." Yeah. In that way, it gave you a sense of feedback that might allow you to love others. Yeah,
0: more. well, and it also suggested to me that I need to ask people what they're feeling rather than assuming that I know based on their their facial expression. Like you look angry right now. Is that how you're feeling? Or you look sad right now, or you look excited right now. My facial expressions don't necessarily represent what's going on inside and theirs might not either. And to be more connected
1: to them, more aware of what's going on inside of them. Yeah. And I will tell you one thing I've been doing that's related is I always check my lighting when I'm, (laughs) When I'm yeah. on a call, like yeah, and, and right. try to be facing a window, yeah. or have a lamp like close. And one of the reasons is I want my this is gonna sound really vain, but I'm not. I want my eyes to be fairly lit. Yeah. And this just comes from I used to do theater and produce like productions. And you know the old theater trick on theater lighting is you're looking at their eyes on the stage and yeah. you're trying to see are there are there dark circles there? Uh-huh. Or can you see into it? Uh-huh. And the lights have to be bright enough to sort of get into eyes because people don't connect with the actors otherwise mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. We were playing categories. You and I had a game with. Friends, like what last night yeah. on Zoom, yeah, and that was fun. And I brought a lamp from my other room and just threw it into the dining oh, really? room because because it was going to make it easier for people to see me. Yeah, and I wanted people to be able to read my emotions and read what I was thinking, and I, it was a way of sort of being more present.
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, it 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 has these
0: benefits of like greater awareness of what communication looks like, not just what your verbal communication is, but what your nonverbal communication is. So important. But it does make you a little more self-conscious and yes, potentially more vain. (laughs) Okay, number four. Ooh, Did you notice that the live stream only includes what happens when the service starts to when the service ends? And in church, there's so much more than just that.
1: Oh, okay. I think I know where you're going. Explain.
0: Yeah. So I love what happens during the service, but I also love what happens, you know, as I'm shoulder to shoulder, you know, making a comment to somebody or after the, after church, you know, we stand around and chat for 10 or 20 minutes with friends, you know, people across the room, I go say hi to them, Sure. all all these other things that are a part of what church means to me. It's not the formal part of church but it's the informal part of church and both that church means to you yeah it's people adam not the show (laughs) (laughs) but both both are significant to me but what's happening right now online is the stuff that happens what the church is presenting is what happens from the beginning of the service to the end of the service and and we now have to make up the lack of, of that by going to other platforms, so going to texting or going to Zoom or whatever. They're cutting off the important parts. Oh. Right? I'd cutting say that strongly. <laughs> not not the not the important parts, but they are cutting a off import, a important an part. important
1: part. So uh and, okay, grammar. I I actually was saying earlier, you know, I did campus ministry for years. And then later I was a, more of a senior uh, minister and training other people to do ministry. And I remember we'd have younger staff go out and invite people to our events, you know, or our service. Okay, They'd invite them. There was going to be either a traditional church service, which, you know, like we do worship and do a, a sermon, this kind of thing. Or there'd be some sort of event But the staff would bring students with them and then 15 minutes before they'd show up and then they'd sort of stand around or they'd go talk to their friends and where they had new people just sort of sitting there. And I was like, (laughs) I remember lecturing a room like, guys, the most important part of ministry in this context, is the 15 minutes before and the 15 minutes after our event. It's Mm. not during the event. It is who are you turning around and saying, how are you? What is God doing in your life? What are you listening for? Notice the person that's sitting by themselves. Notice what someone said maybe during the middle of the service or emphasized and chase that down. And those were the ministry moments, those before and after. And I think not just for people in professional ministry, but of course everybody. And you're right. How are we representing that online?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we do... Um, need to think about churches. Need to think about what what are we doing to make that happen? And I think my church is actually um, they're seeking to do that in certain ways. And I think our church is naturally relational. Like I, I, I didn't even think about it honestly, but after the first church service I participated online, about I actually then created a group thread with a bunch of friends and just texted all of them at the same time and said, "Hey, this is our after church conversation." I wasn't even thinking about it from a like uh second level of of thinking, "Oh, this is what's missing from the church." It was just like, "No, this is what we do after natural. church and I wanted it it to natural. happen." It was yeah.
1: environmental even.
0: Yeah. And and maybe it's not the church. Maybe it's not the church staff's responsibility at 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 that point. Maybe they they've done the, the part that is their responsibility. And it's actually up to the church distributed to sort of take responsibility for that and connect with one another.
1: Yeah, I think I sort of agree with you, but I sort of think um, in this moment, there's there's some responsibility on those that have leadership in the church, whether or not they're paid staff or not, but those have a responsibility to think about those mediums yeah. and say, how are we providing a mode for this?
0: Yeah, I mean, they've they've facilitated the space, right? right. They, you, everybody's gathered in this space, right? you know, when we're gathered together, right. and they're making that possible. Now, how are they also making it possible in an online space? Like
1: everyone's thinking about how to live stream the sermon, or maybe do communion online, which... <laughs> That was that was our last episode. Yep. By the way, oh, my article in Christianity Today did come out this weekend, and so that's uh, where I sort of argue for you can do a version of communion online. Yeah. I've read a um, lot more about it. I have so many more thoughts. We will. Not <laughs> we're not doing it. that one in this episode because there's so much there. Yep. But but the church is thinking about how to do those two things. Is if you're a sermon church or word or word and table church, both of those in. But maybe they aren't thinking about the other parts yeah. that they should be facilitating. And, and they're thinking about digital tithing. Digital
0: Giving yeah, yeah. Online, which right. is another uh, episode that we've touched on. Yep. We can, yeah, we have we can those, tag back right. on, too.
1: So you can check that out if you haven't. But, you know, it's good. this perfectly leads to my final fourth, did you notice? Okay. Hit me. Adam, did you notice that some churches, when jumping online, have been doing sort of the Zoom call versus uh-huh. other churches have been doing sort of the Facebook Live, and did you notice these are not the same and they are very different? huh interesting yeah so we've
0: used Vimeo but your church used zoom yep other churches are using Facebook live yep and h- what they do with those different platforms is very different I
1: think the live stream is not the same thing as an online meeting and I have one word for you on what's different okay one word that's and then we'll be done right <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interactive to it uh, <laughs> <laughs> nailed it into the, the, the it. The, the, it's, yeah. it's, Interactivity. Interactivity, okay. (laughs) Media theorists, and you and I have talked about this before, divide sort of different technologies into different eras, especially communications technologies. Yeah. But there was the print era for books, you know. <laughs> and then there was the broadcast era, and that was radio and television. Yep. And that was so cool. Because one, one to person many. One, one person could talk and talk to this whole group at once, and it all happened live, it's right? It's the Billy Graham model. Billy Graham or Walter Cronkite, yeah. the old school news anchor. And then we moved into digital media, and the thing that was digital was not just pure that it was on a computer screen, Mm -hmm. but it was that I could maybe interact with it. I could talk back. I could uh, interact or change what I'm seeing because I can't do that on a TV show. You just absorb it. Yep. You just, as the audience, you're an audience and there's a stage and all you do is absorb. You don't participate in the play, right? You watch it. yeah. Digital media allows you to maybe have a conversation back and forth with the person on the stage, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. or to even moda or jump up on the stage and be part of that. (laughs) It allows some modification. Right. And Zoom, my point is that Zoom or other online meeting services, depending Uh on how you do church, could be really interactive. I'm going to give you an example that goes back to your last did you notice because in my church when we met on Saturday night, we opened – Zoom I'm sorry, in my small group last week. Uh-huh. We opened Zoom thirty minutes before we started anything that was small group on purpose. We said, Hey, Zoom's gonna be open at seven. Bring your food, eat along, just hang yeah, out and chat, yeah. and then we'll probably start doing some prayer and some Bible study at seven thirty. Uh, and people uh. did that. People just logged on, yeah. talked back and forth. That's not Facebook Live. That's not the the Vimeo broadcast where right. it's one to many. That's an interactive thing where I asked Ruth how she was feeling because she's actually been sick in bed all week. It's flu, mm-hmm. not COVID, but she's still feeling terrible. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know,
1: or I got to hear about how people are doing their job. Yeah. And then when we got into Bible study, we still spent a lot of time making sure that people could talk back. You know, the leaders sort of said, Hey, what are you thinking? and someone took over and talked. Yeah, we had yeah. ways of interacting with each other. Do you see mm-hmm. how it's different?
0: Yeah, well, and it goes back to the why with my friends, we had to talk about, are we going to participate in what we're doing, even though it's just a broadcast, you know, it's just being, it's just being broadcast on Vimeo. We're watching it on a TV, nothing we do is going to be visible to anyone, any of the church staff. So are we going to participate? And we had to decide that what we did together mattered, even if nobody saw it. Seriously. But to your point, when you're on Zoom and you see, oh, when I do something, other people see it, right. there's there's meaning and relevance to what I do here. It, it yeah. has impact.
1: More active, yeah. not passive. Yeah. Okay. And I want to give you one example that we actually did in our church service that's a little bit unique, and I think uh, it's a smart move. Okay. It hasn't not worked perfectly, but on <laughs> Zoom, you can have something called breakout rooms. Okay. In a lot of traditional churches, you have something called passing the peace. Oh yeah, right where you stop the service at the beginning or in the uh, or in the middle and go, hey, you know, greet everyone. Those, yeah, if it's a non-denominational church, it's greet those around you. If it's a formal church, it's like pass the peace, and so you greet those around you, but you sort of say the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Sometimes people will say, we did this. To make it more personal, to make it more interactive, we set it up. I guess on Zoom, you can choose all random participants and have them all get assigned a pair. pair.
0: No kidding. Yeah. That's so fun. (laughs) It's
1: roulette. (laughs) We clicked, yeah, it's chat roulette. Peace roulette. And we clicked go, <laughs> and it jumped everyone in the pairs, and suddenly we were jumped in with a person oh, like Oh, that's didn't know. So funny. And we got to talk for like, there's a little countdown time. We're in the corner, and we talked for two minutes. and said, How are you doing? Wow, good to oh, see interesting. you. And then we jumped, it jumped us all back into the room, and then we did it a second time and talked to someone else.
0: Oh, that's so fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. And
1: it's almost unique because I got jumped into a room with the mom of one of the people in my church who she does, she's at our church sometimes she's like loved and supported our church but i yeah. hardly ever talked to her Oh wow. in this way zoom created a more personal connection for me than i probably would have seen her across the room and maybe would have waved but not probably approached her uh-huh. for a conversation and uh-huh. this changed that and made it more interactive and more personal
0: yeah i i mean i like i like the roulette idea it it is also not a Natural thing. It's being enforced by uh, not enforced, but it's it's being created kind of this randomization by Zoom to connect with someone you may or may not know very well. Where as in a natural setting, you're gonna you're gonna na- naturally go to the people you know. Sure, but but there's value in like you're saying it's not a connection i would have normally made but it was a valuable connection nonetheless and in the same way you know you might see someone that's sitting by themselves and say i'm going to go talk to them the choice you have in the matter is i think relevant but i think we can still we can still make the best of of something like this and it it creates that that interpersonal sort of adventure
1: I guess so I my challenge to pastors and I'm actually writing a second article on this right now okay. is to think about the online spaces they're creating for their church and think about how they can be interactive and relational not just one to many yeah I think
0: I think absolutely we need pastors need to be thinking about it and and just the way that their space facilitates interaction they need to think okay how's this digital space going to facilitate interaction and what do we how do we actively make that happen
1: well Adam did you notice that we're at the end of our conversation and so that means it's time for vice and virtue all right I'm good I'm excited we didn't do it one time earlier last time I I think we skipped it (laughs) (laughs) So, we should do two, but we won't. Vice or virtue? Fake backgrounds on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yes, yes. I mean, going to Bermuda, going to the city, just whatever background you want, you could be flying in the sky. Have you tried it? I have tried it.
1: Um, it's like when you click on there and then like instead of your living room, it, it makes it, makes it look a like green screen. It, ma- it <laughs> yeah. makes it a
0: green screen. Yeah. 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 And you can just stand in front of this. It seems to work screen. better
1: for some people than
0: others. It definitely does. My computer does not work very well. Yours works way better than mine. I think lighting has something to do with yeah, it. Yeah. I've seen some pretty funny ones though. I had a friend, he like got a fake interior of an apartment and like it looked fully real. He looked like he was sitting in this apartment I was, and he wasn't
1: there. And he wasn't there. Fascinating. It was really funny. Where was he? In a different apartment? <laughs> <laughs> He's actually not social distancing. He was at a concert, yeah. so he was trying to lie.
0: <laughs> so, uh, virtual backgrounds. Oh, man. I'm going to say virtue because it, it's a toy to play with. I may, maybe it'll become a tool and then an environment. I we'll was see.
1: not sure you were going to do that. I'm saying vice. Yeah. I <laughs> Oh <laughs> so, wow. I, I, think that I also think it's fun to play with and that's what people are using it in the toy stage. Yeah. For sure. And I think it will move to the tool stage quickly when people try to like hide things in their background or realize I can do a business meeting. Uh-huh. If
0: it if it gets better, I mean, the, the sure. technology is not working great. For yeah, yeah.
1: Right now, so. I just think there's an interesting loss of authenticity on this and I'm arguing for Ooh. video being a higher form of authenticity because it carries all this humanness with it. It carries our facial expressions. It carries tone and things uh, that can't uh. be carried in other uh, mediums. I'd rather sort of see like your books behind you or your living room or see maybe... An unplanned thing behind you—it just doesn't look that nice. But it's where you live, and so I think it's a vice. All right. Well, there you have it. I. Everyone else will get to decide for themselves. Yeah. Tell us on Facebook whether you think that's a vice or <laughs> virtue, or maybe take a screenshot of you with the background on there. We, maybe we should take screenshots and of post of them with you at the beach. Oh, at device virtue on Twitter. At device virtue on Facebook. Thanks for going through the things that you noticed, Adam. Okay? Yes, and stay well, everyone.